Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. This very um uh, uh, dry, um, hastily abandoned studio is now is now back. Yeah, we, we had a we three week hiatus, but but <laughs> shambled back and uh, and I, I'm not in good conditions. But but we have Danny O'Dwyer here. Hey, hey, how you doing? Happy holidays or Christmas or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I guess we might as well go over all. Uh, Merry Christmas, um, <laughs> Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Yeah. Uh, what Happy else did we miss? Vacation, Monica. Magfest, no, Magfest. Happy Magfest. Happy AGDQ. Happy Sony uh-huh. PlayStation Experience. <laughs> happy, happy Nintendo Switch, Switch presentation. <laughs> happy, happy Scalebound was canceled. Uh, oh, happy yeah. inauguration. Uh, mm. That mm. might have happened by the time it comes. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so, just before we like get into video games, I want to give a cautionary tale to all of our listeners who regularly clean your ears with Q-tips. Stop doing that. What? Stop cleaning your ears with Q-tips. I was in the bathroom cleaning my ear with a Q-tip, just twisting it around like like business as usual. When and suddenly, then somebody broke into your house. <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know what's worse. Someone breaking into my house or me accidentally pushing the earwax so deep inside <laughs> oh, my ear no. with the Q-tip that I can't get it out. And it sounded like I was underwater for hours until oh. I went to the, the, the 24-hour Walgreens, because this was like 3 a.m. in the morning, and got an earwax cleaning removal kit, which is basically a little drop bottle of, of iodine with hydrogen peroxide that, that you're supposed to put inside your ear it feels awful it bubbles up it feels like hundreds of tiny little ants crawling around inside your ear and <laughs> that that good. What, are you, what are you talking no. about i guess you got to get used to it maybe it's a it's an acquired taste point is it didn't fix it i still have the same problem i did before i don't know what to do i'm like oh, god traveling over the next couple of days I, and I it's only it been deeper. one day so far but yeah, yeah I'm mean, really worried that like the more I try to clean this earwax out, the more I'm just gonna push it in deeper. You should get those <laughs> candles uh, where you light I've, the other end, and supposedly it draws the wax right out into the candle. The candle what? has like a little hole in it. What? Yeah, I, yeah. The, you the never Google heard of those? medical oh, no. result wisdom that I have looked up has said that those candles are actually a dangerous folk remedy that's, that's not as <laughs> reliable as done. just fizzing up some, some hydrogen peroxide. Yeah, you should grind up some rat bones and put a bit of your blood in it and then <laughs> form that right up and pentagram. it'll cure you. And yeah. tilt to one side of the ear, apply some iodine and, and dance in the pentagram and that might fix it. To be fair... Uh, the Q-tip box actually does say this is not meant for insertion into the ear canal. It's like supposed to be, yeah, it's supposed to be your outer ear, which by the way, I don't follow it at all. I, I, I like do the whole clean ear canal thing. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) like I have heard several people tell me that you're not supposed to do that and it's dangerous for the reasons that George just said, but I've never I, actually heard of somebody actually pushing the wax into their ear and it being like a problem. I so, had a like 27 year good streak with Q-tips and thought nothing <laughs> of it, but I think that has ended yesterday. I'll take it as a challenge and try and go two more years just to beat your record. Oh, yeah. This is but like this, like this podcast is like just giving me like it's I'm now scared of leaving my house. Now I'm scared of cleaning my fucking ears. Like Jesus Christ. So, I just so, cleaned my ears like twenty minutes ago and like now I feel like I'm just gonna throw the rest of them out. We have Danny O'Dwyer in here, the the, the celebrated uh ex GameSpot host who who now has no clip on Patreon and just like excellent 
video quality across both of those endeavors and also an, an ear cleaner using q-tips i guess that's 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 so that's the less reputable part of his resume but um hello thanks for coming on you're like one of the coolest guys i think is is around making videos right now uh and and you are if, if someone was able, was going to ask me so let's keep this circle jerking going let's but get mine some... are way worse you have like <laughs> music that it's all it's all like wispy and avant-garde and it goes with these uh slow pan shots of of uh of, of a beach that john romero lives nearby and that's, that's that's the kind of context that i wish i could do but the weekly deadline really really hammers into that as well as what i'm guessing is just a an amount of um professional gear and assistance that that you you somehow acquired over the years i don't know if uh if that started with GameSpot or if you had a lot of experience in video production before then i mean it's funny you say that right because i'm from the like or i guess when people f saw who like figured out who i was it was through GameSpot. so by that stage you know you're sitting on a youtube channel with like two point whatever million subs and yeah you're right like basically the best camera equipment in the business so what i love about like like I'm from the sort of grassroots games coverage. Like that's what I started doing. And that's why I love doing. So like when I see what stuff like you're doing and like Aaron Signal and stuff, it's it's like that's way cooler to me because that that found an audience on its own. It wasn't like it wasn't like automatically broadcast on the equivalent of like network television and just you know people <laughs> came across it. So uh, yeah, that's that's sort of that's why I think that shit's really cool, and that's ultimately why I left and sort of decided, hey, you know what, like. If these people can can have the balls to do it, then I should probably take a swing at it. I guess. So you started up your Patreon for NoClip, kind of as a as a as an effort to. Um, I don't know. It almost sounds like you might have felt like you were trying to legitimize yourself in a weird way. Yeah, but, I think that's fair. I feel like because huh. I'm like I don't know. Like I, I feel like a lot of us. I have a sort of a chip on my shoulder about the mainstream price. I feel like. I'm an anti-war campaigner who decided to join the military for five years just so I could get a feel for it um, <laughs> and then leave again and be like, yeah, that sucked. This stuff is so, way cooler. It was about as bad as I assumed it would be. Well, yeah. well, well that's just uh, good journalism. You're, you're verifying your sources. <laughs> right. And I'm, well, I'm a terrible journalist. Like Nothing I do is journalism. It's all just like asking people stories and then spending hours in front of uh premiere with with music <laughs> to try and jazz it up yeah, a bit with the wispy music and the yeah. slow panning beach next to john romero man you can get away with so much shit if you just have a slow panning beach oh i All wish right, i I'll had a beach near me this is this i have a, is... i'm working on a video right now i'll just put <laughs> one shot in the middle of it that's just a slow panning beach a slow panning beach out of focus video game box with like maybe retro that works as well yeah. Um, mm. so stay away from chip tune music that that went out with any game in the movie like do some like some prog maybe lyricless prog right. Uh, right. i'll call yeah. my friend ace yeah and yeah then, and then go. shout about how you don't do advertising which is really easy to do and you're oh i can't you're do that as well funded as as we ended up being <laughs> which was a total fucking surprise let me tell you i have to shout about how you should buy my socks I know your so I mean your socks are uh, you're the only who else in the business is selling socks. Tell me that. 
Uh, well, uh, mm, mm, I got the idea from, uh, from seeing two other YouTubers. Two other YouTubers sell socks <laughs> and get away oh, with shit. it, and just decided to ramp that up to eleven. Yeah, I, I just got the email in my inbox, like cold call, and I was like, "This is stupid." But then I saw LGR do a video on it, and then I saw Pushing Up Roses do a video on it, and I was like, "This is awesome!" And now my uh, my my stepbrother wore my socks to his uh city hall wedding really <laughs> like That's a tremendous week ago. yeah yeah in new york that there's like <laughs> you know this is technically an incorrect order but a friend of mine who also lives in georgia ordered some socks and they ended up in georgia the post-soviet eastern no <laughs> european what? country because no. the 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 shipping people got the address wrong so i, I can at least say that my socks have visited multiple hemispheres i just want to say how the fuck do you get an address that wrong i have a feeling that he might have filled in the wrong box with the word georgia okay oh like whoops i I feel like any like u.s postal person would have had a bias towards the state not the other way around yeah i was gonna say that but which makes me suspicious of my friend my friend Ryan's <laughs> ability to fill out mailing forms if there's like Comcast bills been sent to Europe this whole time there's just a pile of letters sitting somewhere <laughs> just like on the side of the street and and George socks too <laughs> one pair of George socks <laughs> um so yeah anyways you you have insanely high quality production values and and you've you've brought that with you with no clip are you still working with contacts from GameSpot or i don't know I, I guess there's a possibility that they could have been contractors who weren't necessarily employed by GameSpot in the first place how how does that work how how, how do you keep the, the the video so pretty uh, when even, i worked at GameSpot, it was basically own, me and one other person a guy called andy bauman who now works for uh, ubisoft uh we we kind of teamed up because i mean the stuff that i was doing like the point and then the the like deeper dives on the witcher and no man's sky and stuff like that was all passion projecty stuff that like i had to do my normal day-to-day get my numbers stuff to like sort of validate so intentionally the team was always like really small like we never basically had a third person involved because you just couldn't justify it right because we're going off and doing all this stuff especially because any of those projects i worked on we never like i made sure that there was no like uh like the flights were always paid for by cbs and all that stuff to make sure that there was no like nothing else happening there so we really had to like keep it sort of like trim so what happens with no clip is that it's basically me and one other person a guy called jeremy jane who uh, as you said, was actually a contractor at GameSpot. He did come on full time and then he left because he just wanted to make like weird uh, avant-garde documentaries about like strange like community, rural communities and like, you know, dr- drugs being used for like P- PTSD research and stuff. Um, and then when I left, I kind of like got in contact with him again and I was like, hey, I got this like idea for this thing. I can't like take you on full time, but maybe we can... I can like hire you a couple of days a month to do this thing and he was into it and uh yeah so it's basically just the two of us like I'm the only full-time person I you know he shoots the stuff and color corrects it and I edit and host the stuff and uh we're kind of in a position now where we could maybe expand but I'm being very conservative about everything at right now because the worst thing you can do is just try and expand way too quick and then suddenly Mm -hmm. I'm a manager which is like literally the reason I left GameSpot was that I did not want to 
you know manage people i wanted to to make stuff so uh, right, yeah. that's kind of how we do we're, we're still like we're, we're we're pretty small uh but the war chest has been pretty i mean january's been rough because we've been uh booking e3 and packs and gdc and everything trying to get um space to shoot in those cities uh so thankfully the funding is being spent wisely but yeah we're we're being a bit conservative in terms of expansion it's still like very much a two-person thing mm. are you still living in san francisco i live in oakland um which is like basically san francisco except yeah. the rent is like maybe 25 percent cheaper uh and i'm lucky yeah. <laughs> I, i'm lucky that i live i mean it's still like ridiculously expensive for anywhere else but i'm lucky i live i live in a one bed with my wife so thankfully i don't have like i i, I used to pay more when i shared with two dudes because i have my own bedroom when i lived in sf uh i was paying like 1600 a month it was outrageous i pay like Jeez. i pay like 1200 now um which is like really good for the bay area uh but yeah we're we're we were thinking about moving east coast later this year like during the summertime i'm not sure if we're going to move east anymore but we're definitely getting out of the out of the bay area because it's i mean there's no reason for me to be here anymore right it's like i don't work in san francisco anymore if i move a little bit further out uh i can come here if i need to without having to pay for a lifestyle that we're not really using well you can join thing- up at the uh the train of of youtube peoples that are all uh having a exodus to seattle right seems like every month it's another person being like yeah we just moved to seattle that's a cool city but i grew up in ireland man i'm sick of rain i had like uh, 24 <laughs> years of fucking rain i'm <laughs> well you can come down here to shitty los angeles where it's <laughs> when it rains it just makes driving bad otherwise it's hot all the time I california thing- drivers can't deal with aquaplaning that no. I've always wondered about and kind of assumed as an asset of of living in San Francisco is the uh, developer connections. Um, I've always had a really hard time getting in touch with developers for interviews. It's something that you have made look really, really easy in comparison. And um, are you worried you might lose some of that if if you move out? Not really. I think like I'm. I totally empathize with your situation because before I worked at GameSpot nobody wanted to listen to me and this was kind of before like i didn't ever have like a youtube presence or anything or like uh, like this is like before twitter was even fucking big like i I wasn't even in this how long i was in for like five years probably but like literally it was like a light switch when i would start when i joined gamespot because like it was one of the most recognizable names and like regardless of its place within the current like pantheon of popularity when you went to pr people and said i'm at gamespot you know doors open that wouldn't have before and that was the biggest like worry when i left was did i assumed most of the people were opening doors because of the GameSpot thing and like maybe some of them recognized the work or like at the at the very least i could show them something i did there and be like i could do this again you know uh yeah on my own um so i think like like that's the whole thing i'm a big like champion of the the you know patreon sort of like crowdfunded model i'm obviously incredibly blessed by the fact that i was given the platform i had for so long and which is the main reason like between gamespot and certainly working on giant bomb as well like that is the reason i got so funded but in terms of actually talking to the pure folks um maybe it's i think it's a mixture of the fact that i have that back catalog of work at like uh something that makes them feel comfortable um and also just like 
having spent years emailing these people and talking to them, I kind of, I get their language a bit and like how to get them to chill the fuck out a bit. So oh, yeah, I yeah. think, I think that helps as well. It's, it's, but, uh, but the, the, you don't get the second without the first one, you know, like that's, that's mm. the, especially because like what you're doing as well is not like, it's not influencer stuff. So people don't necessarily know where to put you in terms of the box. Like, they're like, oh, yeah. you want to do paid deals? Like, people still come to us and like, do you want to do paid deals? And it's like, we are literally like, <laughs> like, read the page. Like, it's all about not having paid deals, but they still do it. So like, uh, you know, it's 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 always like a weird little communication to the start. But in terms of being close to San Francisco, sorry, I waffle a bit with answers. In, in terms <laughs> of being close to San Francisco, I don't necessarily, I think it's way more important for us to be close to an airport. Um, because even the SF, like, developer community is a relatively small insular kind of thing like who are you talking about like you know greg kasavin tim schaefer and a couple of other folks like there's a lot of programmers in sf but there tends to be less big developers like you head down south maybe you get towards like where ea are and stuff like that you know down towards the valley but like no it's i don't know like (laughs) most of the communications over email then if you want to go shoot something you know, it's as much bother for me to go to San Diego or, you know, Georgia as it is to, to go to, you know, Silicon Valley at the mm. end of the day. Georgia? Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to go everywhere. Like, we have a, we have a, I have a list of, like, I want to hit every state in, like, the next three years. Just make sure you specify it's uh, Georgia in America <laughs> and not, not Georgia, the country. I, I don't know. We could do, like, a Rainbow Six Rogue Spear retrospective and be like, <laughs> yo, remember when this game said that Russia was going to invade Georgia and then three years later they fucking did? That'd and then a- <laughs> you could also do a mini side dock hunting for the missing George socks somewhere <laughs> right. in Georgia just come across a pile of letters with a pair of socks right on top of it that'd be beautiful <laughs> just do a slow pan of that yep. you know like soft focus i think i think i do need a lot more uh slower kind of fuzzier background shots of my socks for the next <laughs> run it makes what anything you, look good the what, next run who are the people who you're like trying to communicate who you would do things with like wh- where is that like because i love your fucking work and like i would love to see like you whatever you want to do happen so like where is it do people just like not know what you're doing or not know who you are or just are they super reticent because they because they they're not sure because you're critical like that's another part of it i I mean maybe i i was hoping to have an interview with the uh developers of rainbow six seeds specifically xavier marquis and i have to go through the ubisoft pr rep for that and they have a really actually pretty good relationship with youtubers because they have a specific department for youtube relations Mm. but uh for some reason my request fell through while uh other youtubers one of which who actually even though his content is excellent does have a smaller audience than mine the guy's name is serenity 17 and he's made excellent uh, uh class and map guides for rainbow six siege and it's a game i absolutely loved and i wanted to do an interview about it for a uh year after retrospective yes and uh they did reply and said that they would have answers in text on december 19th which <laughs> was uh like like four weeks after i put in the request mm. and also i would want them in video instead of text that that would be ideal and when the date ultimately came and went nothing <laughs> ended up coming in so i don't know what it is about me like like that's the case that i think is is emblematic of of how i've somehow become unapproachable because that's a game that i've showered untold amounts of praise on and and i'm certain that i also had a positive effect towards its um 
uh, a gradual climb towards uh, being kind of a profitable staple of of Ubisoft's releases over the past year. And uh, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, that's hard. I, 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 I'm not surprised in a way when the, when that's a department who like we, you know, they've got so many people who are coming to talk to them, and like sometimes they just take the easy option. Like mm. that's 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 a tough one to sort of like manage on your end. Um, we're lucky that right now no one else or like very few people are doing what we're doing, so it's just kind of like they're like, sure, why not? Let's test it out. Um, yeah. But like even even like trying to get them to communicate on that level is. Yeah, like that can be super frustrating. Like sometimes just people just go dark as well for for forever. Yeah, and uh trying to track down weird sources for elusive stories is always a problem too that I bet with a a uh, wall-shattering Kool-Aid man of GameSpot breaking <laughs> through the wall would would catch their attention better than than Super Bunny Hop because people who don't know are just going to think of that and be like what the what, who the hell is Super Bunny Hop? Right. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's 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 me complaining for a bit. <laughs> Fuck it. I mean, like that's that's the only way. Like, it, it's hard until it happens, right? Like, eventually, mm-hmm. hopefully, somebody will open that door, and then you've done it. And then the next time you want to do it, you can have you just have that thing you can show somebody. Like, I feel like it's a very slow and incremental uh, road to legitimacy and. I think I don't know like I had a be on my bottom for a couple of years about about that because I feel like with GameSpot you were I don't know like I used to get pissed that people had like almost like a free ticket to legitimacy like it was like the easiest thing in the world to get interviews when you had a GameSpot thing on it and it still irks me that like it's great that we've had this democratization of games coverage but it irks me a little bit that it also has turned into for instance Ubisoft having a team of people which has a quite a large budget as well for not necessarily what you're doing but like for for actually like paying influencers to do to do work around stuff that it's mm. kind of like the people who want to who are like in that you know that Venn diagram you know the part that's not covered uh, is is like people who want to do like good work but you know are independent and I feel like it frustrates me that a lot of those people are like, uh, I don't know, not getting the opportunities. What I'd love to do actually is like, is open up NoClip to get other people involved and like use our, you know, I don't know, the the, the way we open doors maybe to get other people, not just me, to like do projects themselves. So mm. I don't know, maybe that's something we should talk about in the next couple of months or something. I'd I'd love to like even like start that thing up and and get other people involved because like no clip was never like i could have called it the fucking irish guy whimsically talks about video <laughs> game show but like it, it was never meant to be about me it was meant to be about the the stories and you know we'll just figure out how to get to them based on how much budget we have so um yeah like i'm i'm all about that or just start your own patreon and let everyone else help you make that happen as well because yeah but then i don't get to make these stupid ass sock commercials <laughs> don't I you i mean the 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 well I, I guess i could do both but then i might face some backlash from being greedy for wanting crowdfunding and merch deals mm. but that's the upside of merch deals that you get to make dumbass commercials all the time man who the fuck is going to tell you, you you sold out for that sock money no one. Like somebody. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it sounds ridiculous, but someone will say true. It. Remember, someone once told me that an entire video that I made was completely invalidated because I said that Dark Souls gameplay 
functioned around trial and error and they said it doesn't and i was like you're objectively wrong <laughs> yeah i'm with you on that that's yeah i don't know guy, you, you lost one you lost another <laughs> yeah guy out there if you still listen to the podcast you're still objectively wrong about that <laughs> oh. uh so speaking of video games yeah uh what are the people's been playing what did let, let's let's start with our our super famous celebrity guest Danny O'Dwyer. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying that. It, that you know that's a lie. So, and so let's it, start out with world touring, <laughs> a Grammy winning. There you go. Slow blurry <laughs> fresh, shot filming. Fresh from the inauguration, Keith Urban. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, what have I been playing? Fuck, yeah, man. I'm playing? All, I hit 100 hours in Rocket League on PC yesterday. Oh, why? <laughs> no one's surprised. Jeez, Louise. I've got like 80 on the PS4 as well. I can't stop playing that stupid game. I bought another pair of like 10 pack of keys. Like, I never buy keys for anything. But those crates, I just need to get the stupid ass skins every time um <laughs> playing that everyone knows rocket league i'm not gonna sit here and talk about rocket league what i'm actually playing is um a bunch of uh like a sort of a double dose of hitman and dishonored 2 which were like the two games that came out last year that uh, i never really had time for and i've sort of tried to find time for them are you, are you a stealth boy uh like i am but i was like i wasn't last year i feel like you have to be in the right mindset for those games. Like you can ruin your Dishonored or like Hitman experience by playing them at a time where you're not ready to like really just concentrate. Yeah, you really on them. need to like turn mm. the lights off, turn yeah. the cell phone off, make sure you have nothing for the rest of the night. Because speaking of getting caught up in trial and error, like Hitman is all about like uh, maximizing the rewards you get from playing from a trial and error play style. Yeah. 100%. It's like, it's it's about playing the same level, like, ad nauseum. And I and guess that's why they released it the way they, they did, or one of the reasons, anyway. It works really, really well with a traditional Hitman level, but uh, I, I always get in arguments and mentioned this in my highly controversial 2016 video that I hate <laughs> elusive targets because I feel like I get the idea, but I feel like the execution and the reality of how they play in that environment is just way far off the mark. Because, like I was saying, you want to be allotting a lot of hours for trial and error, and uh, turning the lights off, the cell phone off. If you get distracted, you're going to come back and not really be in the mood. And if you feel rushed, you're not going to be able to take the time and patience that this uh, play style deserves. And elusive targets really turn me off because I always feel rushed and pressured to get through them as soon as possible because but, like, they expire. That's the point, though, isn't it? Like, I mean, if if I was to take a guess as not having played the recent Hitman, though I watched... Uh, I watched a couple of videos on it, and in particular, uh, Mark Brown did one that was actually about elusive targets recently, and he was like all in favor of it. But what it seems to me is that like the point of replaying the level is you get better and you start to pick up on things, and you can like basically the end goal is this kind of power fantasy esque. I knew that was going to happen. Like like you're the cool guy who did everything right. Run, but the reality of being a hitman like in a real life situation would be like super pressure. You have one shot. You, you just have to go through it and do it as best you can. And I think that's kind of maybe the point, except but you like can I restart them consequence free and no one ever mentions that. And that just like really oh, killed it for me that. when I found that out. Cause I, I like the idea of, of there being a one shot only no retries sort of thing. I don't like the idea of it being tied to a cute, funny little story that'll just go away forever. But I also think that being able to just hit the restart button in the middle of it when you screw up is 
is completely antithetical to that ideal. I mean, mm. there's nothing like even if you. It's a valid point. It's like even if you were able to restart the level, it doesn't take away from that initial experience of not knowing what's going on. I mean, I guess it stops you from doing like the reconnaissance mission, basically. You know, just like walking around and trying to figure out what's going on and then restarting mm -hmm. it. But like that's, I don't know. That, maybe that's down to the player then that the first time they should do it if they played with that intention. It is kind of a blue ball that like you do the elusive target, you fuck it up, and then it's like gone. You don't even get to like have a if, second if attempt at messing it up. You die, mm. or if you exit the game client, you can't replay it, but you can press the pause button and hit the restart button and and try several different methods if you if you want to. Hmm. That's interesting. That's that's weird actually. Like at least I feel like it, the sting is taken out of it a bit by the fact that they just have all those like bonus challenges and like bonus levels like that home alone stuff they did over Christmas. Like that was that was kind of a fun like Which are evolution all really good. Like, yeah, like there's like, a lot more effort put into those than the elusive targets, but there's still more effort put into the elusive targets than the contracts. I would rather the contracts be the temporary content because there's such little effort put into them. It's crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm. The, the watch. It's kind of like Rainbow Six Siege. Watching the like the public opinion on that game sort of rise from like what is this thing to oh actually I I super get what they're trying to go for here and yeah uh, like they fostered really good communities around uh, both of those games. Yeah, people really reversed on the episodic nature of it. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like people might have reversed on the elusive targets, which which I guess would kind of make sense. Like the more of them expire the more content <laughs> yeah. players will see in the future that they'll just never be able to enjoy again. Yeah, it's a, you're right. It's uh, I'm looking at like the way I think there's like how many more are coming? They said like it was going to be like 40 of them or something. Oof. Which will be fine. But I mean, think of mm. the children in the future. What are the, what are they going to play? <laughs> it's like rewarding early adopters or. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I wonder yeah. at a certain stage, do you like, is there any negative aspect to them? Like once season two is launched, then just putting all the elusive targets back in the game. Uh, I read an interview from a uh, designer who's really not proud about how quickly they rush them out. And he said one mm. of the advantages of making them expiring was that people can't judge them too very closely <laughs> right. uh, like like a lot of them are, are unique new characters with fun little stories behind them and they'll have fun voice acting recorded for them by new voice actors but then when you like i don't know throw a coin at the floor they'll say what was that to the generic npc voice after <laughs> they're supposed to be like an angry french chef who is like non as, as he storms through the kitchen making people mad at him <laughs> Which is funny because Hitman 2016 has janky ass voice acting. Like of all of all the things that 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 you can say went wrong with this game, I, I feel like like the voice acting is is one that no one will argue with you about. The, the Japan it, level is hilarious. What type of stuff is is I, I like a lot of it? I see is like hokey, but it exists within this weird hokey universe where yeah. the only person who like is taking it seriously is agent 47 yeah it's <laughs> it's 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 always good uh deadpan comedy those games but but 
they, a lot of the voice actors show up over and over again. But what's yeah. funny is that no matter what geographic location you're in, they kind of have the same <laughs> basic half North American, half British accents <laughs> to the point where there's a level that takes place in like the backwoods countryside of Colorado. And everyone in there has like a New Zealander accent, which is really weird. <laughs> And then there's a level that takes place in Japan. And then when you walk up to people, they're like, Ohio gozaimasu. And then they bow. But then when stuff starts going wrong, they're like, what was that noise? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, Hitman's cute, I guess. Speaking of deadpan comedy, I played Ooh. Uh, the first two and a half-ish hours of Titanfall 2. So are you getting oh. it? Are you understanding why I think it's a cute little funny game? Yeah, and I'm understanding your your Portal Two comparison as well. So, did you get to the assembly um, line level? Yeah, I that did. Is so um, Portal Two, that's like Portal Two up the ass. It it was okay. So, Titanfall Two surprised me in weird ways, where like the first level where you're running up the cliff to find a battery, I'm like, this is the most like this is like some uncharted level of like obvious pathing level design where it's like look at that very tan wall with running marks across it wonder what that could be used for and then you go up to it and like a hologram appears that it jumps and runs across and i'm like really really guys like yeah but then after that the when it when it goes into the next couple of levels like it actually started to get pretty fun one of my favorite moments was in the the sludge plant like the sludge transferring plant <laughs> i fell you know that area where it's just a big open pit of sludge and it's just like concrete walls on every side and you're on the pipes i feel if like you're in there describes, briefly is it like a wave survival it's, room no it's just an open air empty room there's like a, a ceiling or no ceiling and it's just like super big it's very like half-life 2 looking okay uh, I fell off the pipe and I was like, well, that's it. I'm doomed. I'm going to the sludge and I have to restart. And somehow I managed to catch a wall and use the pillars around the room that were on the walls to like execute an extremely long, like one minute wall run <laughs> around the entire room, slowly gaining like like a foot of height every time I jumped and got back up safely onto the pipes. And I was like, well, shit, this game's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, determination. Also, what difficulty did you play on? I played on hard. I am I also playing on hard, and I turned aim assist off because I don't typically like aim assist. And it, the game was like, but wait, are you going to be okay? And I was like, I'm, I don't know. I'll try. And this is bit, like, it's so balls to the wall. Every fight, I'm just running in and blasting people's faces with a shotgun and then like jumping out. And I don't know. It's really fun. Also, the ticks or whatever they are the mines that follow you around that shit's scary and i hate that it was like a horror game playing that level the fucking head crabs man that yeah. game like i i i i was playing that game and it was about probably where you are where i started to write down all the stuff that reminded me of half-life 2 like from <laughs> weapons to enemies to like locations yeah I, like i wish i kind of like to like the stuff that happens later the like weird levels like I wish it's funny you mentioned the Portal 2 thing and I like I was kind of hoping because it was like right when we were launching no clip I was really hoping that like somebody on YouTube would do a video about that because I just didn't have like the the concentration but it was it was nuts like did you experience yeah. any of you guys experience that at all 
Uh, I mean, I, I did, but I said it, so yeah. you know I did. Yeah. <laughs> where where I mean, are you now, actually? Because uh, I just beat the second uh, boss uh, Titan, right? The uh, the like android girl with the the, the, the skinny the Titan that has a sword, the, 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 mm. the queen of the assembly line. This is Titanfall. Yeah. Titanfall. Yeah. yeah. Really, dude, it's so rad, and also. B- BT's like voice lines to you. First of all, it's really weird that like they give you vo- like voice options because they're always during like jumping puzzles and <laughs> yeah. like running sections. Downtime. And so I'm like fucking over a bottomless pit and it's like, <laughs> why don't you press one of these buttons to reply? And I'm like, no, I'm gonna fall. Stop. <laughs> but B- BT has some hilarious, like well written comedy lines because of his like inability to emote because he's a robot and i really i dig that (laughs) it's really surprising how funny that game is yeah i really wasn't expecting titanfall to have a good grasp on campy comedy but the (laughs) the beginning when you're uh about to climb up those cliffs to get the battery like i was laughing my ass off yeah uh, how like far cry blood dragon the first 30 minutes of that scene are you, you have captain lastimosa who's this like high-ranking mech pilot that, that your guy looks up to and and he uh af- after losing a battle he climbs out of his mech and sees like one grunt rifleman who didn't pass out like coughing up enough blood to wake up from a pile of bodies and he's like uh, it's up to you now you have to carry on my mission and then his eyes literally roll to the back of the head and he slumps down the camera yeah. fades to black and your guy finishes burying him in a pile of rocks and then like wolves show up like like weird alien right. creature predators like raptor wolves. it's such an 80s cartoon of, <laughs> it's of a style and i i almost like wish it looked a little bit more like 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 toys because when you look at the back of the box of titanfall you don't you don't picture action figures slapping together but but in action it looks and sounds like it Mm. the like recurring joke of bt throwing you to places <laughs> like physically like <laughs> and it's yeah. so stupid and they, they keep going back to the well on it and then until it becomes like part of your just normal repertoire like i'm gonna fling yeah. you 600 feet yeah like <laughs> i can love that game but i i also feel like i really don't know what's going on because i didn't play the first <laughs> one they there there no there's yeah. nothing to know but yeah. the first one you know you want to know what the storyline of the first one is I, I there's don't. those techie guys with the titans and there's the rebellion who doesn't like them and yeah, that stole titans from that's, them that's as much as they I are fighting from the second game yeah it's it's like the most bare bones of a universe like it exists but there's not necessarily any depth to the story itself but yeah the, i didn't remember anything from the first one while playing the second one that like tied them together in any way yeah I just I just kind of wish that things were fleshed out a little more. One of the things that really grated on me later into the campaign is how fighting the grunts never really gets interesting. Yeah. They just don't have moves. They just uh, I, like lay I down think, on the floor and accept their punishment. <laughs> Again, I feel like that's just meant for you to like go fucking nuts instead of like I found myself like running and gunning at the start where I like would duck behind cover and take a few shots at things. And then I realized how much more fun the game gets when you remember your active cloaking and you just like dive into the fray and shotgun people point blank and then cloak and jump (laughs) out and basically like, like 
act like the first the, like, cut scene. opening scene of yeah. a Batman movie where he just beats the shit out of a bunch of criminals and it's like, oh man, Batman's so cool. And like, then, I feel like that's how you're supposed to be. In the first cutscene of Titanfall 2, they basically show you what the ideal play style is. Mm-hmm. And I guess the problem I ran into was that as the game went on, I found it easier to just shoot people in the face, if not run past them altogether instead of doing the dance. I mean, I'm excited yeah. for you because, like, that game in the final third has two of like the best single like level moments yeah, I've played in a first really person shooter good in years. In there. Yeah, some of them are are highlights. I I don't regret playing it. I just kind of wish that that level of quality was a little more consistent across every level. Like the assembly uh, line, I was having a blast with that one. I was yeah. yeah, that was that was such a tense, crazy level. And it was um, like really funny. They're they're building houses <laughs> off of this assembly line at, at this really fast industrial rate just to test out combat robots with them. Yeah. And um, and when you find that out, it's it's a joke. Like there's a setup and yeah. a punchline. Uh also major props to them for the boss fights because they're so explosive and fast paced, but you get to, you can just restart them right when you die. And it, each one took me like five or six tries, but it was like it was, it was like learning the pattern and kind of getting down. Like if they get you like once or twice, it's pretty much over because your dash doesn't let you go super far to escape. And so like that, the fucking sword shit gets in your face and just cuts you in half. And you're like, well, that's it. <laughs> it's I, like, I thought it was really cool. The, the like campaign as a tutorial for multiplayer was really well done in that as well. Like you giving you like an excuse to use the different Titan loadouts uh, mm-hmm. for the different like bosses oh, and yeah. situations was super clever. Yeah, which yeah. I think might have been another thing that I didn't do ideally was uh, playing a bunch of the multiplayer before the campaign. All right. <laughs> which had the added benefit of me basically going into the campaign and being like, oh, so this is what that thing I've been looking at does. Uh, so so uh, I have to ask what our silent protagonist has been playing this whole time matt what you huh? where are you at <laughs> oh that visual, are you back hey, oh, do you hey. read hey I, how you guys doing <laughs> how you guys doing um well um well i i all right so other than finding another place uh to move uh because yeah i'm gonna rent out this place and let who you know whoever's gonna live here uh, get robbed uh <laughs> instead of me so um i've actually picked up divinity original sin and been playing that co-op with the wife um mm. and that's been interesting um playing that co-op it's because it's such a big game i don't know if i wanted to start it because it's going to be a while before i finish it um mm-hmm. but why not um so i picked it up and it's surprisingly good i was kind of um scared that the tactical combat is always kind of like okay i like fire emblem i i like certain games but i'm not that big on for instance how they did it in dragon age or um or in in a couple other games so i, I wasn't too full-on but it, for some reason the, the tactical combat in this one is actually not that bad very easy to kind of get into um you uh you, has have anyone played it here? And uh, I have not. No, no one has dived into on my this to do list massive. <laughs> I played the first one a little bit. 
That was you're playing. You're talking about the second one, right? No, I'm playing. I'm playing the first one. Oh, it's cool! It's the awesome. enhanced yeah. edition with all the voice acting. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's great, man. The the quests in that game are true, man. Like writing and stuff is super. Yeah, it, it, it's great because you know, because you know the wife is here, so she can she can just experience the story without both of us having to read. Even though it would have been cool just to do the voice acting for her. But uh <laughs> yeah, like uh, some of the some of the voice acting is re- like really good. Uh this is some like old elf out there and he's they do the lines um together. You know, you don't there's not a pause so you can hear like the 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 stop in the voice and him oh, rustling okay. and oh the the old one yes he was you know and he go, goes into it and it's it's great it's great hearing stuff like that because I, I love good voice acting but um it's it's strange playing that game because uh, it go back goes back to the old rules of no you know GPS you're not playing a GPS mm-hmm. anymore right. <laughs> so you know quest good. markers <laughs> so you have to oh, kind of I hate think those. Yeah, you gotta have to. You have to, you know, take out your book. You know, <laughs> if, if you're if you're not a real gamer, unless you have a book next to you for writing notes. You well, know? it's important for world building and immersion. Uh, yes, it's you, actually you, you really gotta good, get lost like, just like your character would. Finding out Jake's murder. Okay, like holy crap! All right, how long did I spend on that? I resulted in getting pissed off and stealing. Um, evidence <laughs> from someone's <laughs> cellar. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you remember, Danny, but uh, Jake's murder. The wife is just like this. Oh, um, oh, how, how are you? Like she basically charms everyone, right? right. And it, and you have the guard guarding her, even though the husband just died. She's just like, oh, you big strong man, and <laughs> and he's like, and and you talk to the guard, and the guard is like. Oh man, she is like the greatest woman ever. Like she has done nothing wrong. You better have the perfect evidence. And then you go in the back and you find like something, a book called the per- <laughs> the perfect murder. And then you find you go into the cellar. You find a bloody um um dagger. Like just like like just stupid stuff. And you're like, wait a minute, this is all like flimsy evidence. It's 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 a really fun game. Um, but uh. It it really the questing there. I, I kind of rambled off a little bit, but the, the questing there. Um, it really. I I kind of enjoy the push because it 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 makes you talk to everyone in town. Um, kind of like what happened with Fallout Two. Um, mm-hmm. when I was playing that, like it, you you had no question markers, so you had to kind of go around and just like okay. Wait a minute. Wait. He said, "Talk to this guy here." If you talk to the wrong, wrong guy, you end up having an interesting conversation with them, and you like remember, like, "Oh, okay. Let me let me finish up this quest with this guy." Okay, all right, and then come back. Uh, so it, re- it reminded me a lot of a Fallout too when I was uh, going through those games, but I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, even though we're you you can really like spend hours just looking around and. Um, kind of talking to everyone there and I guess if people kind of enjoy that it, it makes me mm-hmm. actually want to go back and play uh George uh Pillars of Eternity well, Eternity yeah yeah Pillars yeah. of Eternity yeah which which I, was one of my favorite games of 2015 yeah um but the other thing I I actually I had my friend over and that's why I was a little bit late today and I bought Doom for Christmas cuz I usually get him a game 
Uh, last time I got The Witcher 3 for him, and he loved that. Uh, as <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say why. Um, but he loved those. Uh, and um, I don't... I. I played a bit of it. He makes me play. He forces me to play. It's like watching a movie for him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know if I like it. Is is are you, are, are you searching around for the optionals? See, see, that's the thing. Okay, so I'm okay with the action. It, it's actually quite fun. There's a lot of you know death moves and glory kills, but the door system really irks me. Uh, in a way, um, he wasn't enjoying it either. And he's he's a very casual gamer. Like he just plays when he has time. And mm-hmm. so we kind of sat there mostly making fun of it the whole entire time. And I was like, <laughs> Which that, that's not for. necessarily a, like, uh, I was like, oh, man, did I pick the wrong game for him? So what, what ended up happening was. You know, it, it starts off, you know, pretty cool. Like, you you know, the guy's talking. He, like, rips off the screen. He's like, ah, I don't want to hear your garbage. You know, he's like the manly man, doom guy. Um, you know, humanity is... Oh, I don't want to spoil the story. Um, <laughs> but then there's this, like, system where, okay, you have to find these kind of collectibles in order to level up your suits. And you have to find... Um, you have to stop what you're doing and go and find these red cards or blue cards or whatever. And um, I I don't know if I like that level design over just having just a fun layout of just going through different areas. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. Ride like shoot someone and ride on this corpse down a hill. Like that would be a fun way to transition from a level from another level to another level. I don't know. Other than just kind of the, these key cards constantly going back and constantly yeah. thinking like, OK, I got to upgrade something. Wait a I minute. Feel- Is there a somewhere i can grab like did i miss something and i i hate that feeling because because you get locked out a lot of times there'll be a drop too big for you to go back to get the stuff you missed and i feel like a lot of stopping there's a lot of stopping for the action yeah caring that much for the collectibles is something that really determines how much you enjoy that game because i Mm. think i kind of ruined it for myself from that same reason like i i have a weird completionist tick which means I freaking love the new Hitman, but hate elusive targets. Um, <laughs> so I, I was trying to collect everything on my way through Doom, which ended up with me spending a lot of downtime and empty maps backtracking, which is something not a lot of other reviewers really talked about. And I have a feeling that if you just uh, kind of try to forget about them and and just, just go along with the ride, you might end up having a lot more fun. Because to be honest, the upgrades kind of suck anyway. And really, who cares about the upgrades? I mean, the elemental resistance. Better. They're important. Uh, elemental resistance is whatever. But but like you want to be unlocking uh, your your tier two and three upgrades for every new gun you find, especially the chain gun. The mobile turret you can turn it into is uh, kind of worth the downtime. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, yeah, that pr- Praetor suit stuff is kind of not not so hot, but yeah, the weapon stuff. The that, weapon I think stuff that's you get kind of... by playing though. Like, yeah, I've gotten like four of those within a you know, a couple hours. You know, like three or four hours. I th- those get way when you kill like elites and stuff, right? I'm assuming because I get them as drops sometimes. The, the the suits, the 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 actual suit upgrades you have to kind of search for which is you know okay and then of course the the ones where you upgrade your health armor and ammo 
which is actually really, really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, those are the ones I, I kind of keep my eye out to look for. Um, oh, geez. I'm just like having flashbacks right now of, uh, this, um, loop, I think in the second level where there's an elevator that you need to ride up to a catwalk that lets you, uh, take a route around a room that has an unblockable wall with a Praetor suit upgrade behind it. And I spent like <laughs> 20 to 30 minutes just trying to figure out that particular route. And I just really wish I hadn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's not necessarily a good feeling. Um, it's, I mean, by all means, I didn't hate my time with it. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 fe- I, I expected more because people constantly was like praising the game. So I, I oh, guess, oh, yeah. I, I guess I'm hey, just one of those Danny, guys. How are, you, how are you <laughs> enjoying us <laughs> shitting all over Doom? Man, I love Doom. I feel like if you don't enjoy the, the, just the straight, like, oh, that's right. the combat <laughs> in it, like, I feel like if you don't like that, then nothing else is going to, like, make up for it. Like, I enjoyed just the the movement and combat in that game so much uh, that, like, all the searchable, you know, pickup stuff and the, the suit upgrades, all that stuff, like, never became... It was just window dressing, sort of, to, to allow me to jump around like a fucking crazy person and, like, run out <laughs> of ammo and then, you know, and use the chainsaw on someone. And refill your ammo with a special move, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, they, they I was like super a really into it. brilliant fa- page from Revengeance for that. I I also feel like this is one of these games that like expectation management is critical to how much you enjoy it. Like I do think it's a good game, but I think I enjoyed it way more because I was going in knowing what you know I, I had id software levels 2016 levels of expectation for this game. So I I didn't think it was going to be some hot shit, and it ended up being like way better than I thought. So I think if people were like telling you that it was, you know, the second coming of first person Christ, then maybe I never I believe see them. <laughs> I never believe them. It's just, it was one of those things where it's just like, Oh, I just wish, I just wish I wasn't looking around for like key cards most of the time mm-hmm. because I, I enjoyed the action more. Um, but I guess there needs to be downtime between the separate expectation I- management is such a cancer for me. I, I feel like it really did kill how much I enjoyed the new Doom because I played it about a couple of weeks after highly positive reviews were coming out. Right. And uh, I played Super Hot on and Pillars of Ooh. Eternity before any reviews were out and made these incredibly like glowing, like almost hyperbolic reviews of my own, like like cr- <laughs> praising them as masterpieces of the ages. And it just like sucks that I think I'm noticing this direct correlation between <laughs> how highly something is reviewed before I play it versus how <laughs> I kind of end up thinking it's only okay. And I, I hate that about myself. And and maybe I, I should try harder to kind of zone out a lot of media for games I'm coming into. I, I think uh, I, I think I um, my friend had a similar experience because I I got like the third sensor and he ha- he hasn't come over since I got the touch controllers. Yeah, okay, and touch. I put super hot in his hand oh, VR and wow, he nice. flipped. 
Like oh, he flipped out. Now. He could not believe it. Like he loved it so much. Oh he got he was sweating. He was just like, yeah. Oh my god, I gotta buy this. Like I did not know it was this Holy serious. Shit. Like when we when the, the first experience was he just, you know, put on the headset, you know, months ago before I got the touch controllers or whatever. He's like, Oh, this is really cool. I, I showed him a driving game because he likes driving games. But then the touch control is just kind of like I mean, it, you should see it. Like, really do I've, change the game. Yeah, it really, it really does. Uh, so the third sensor, like he's like turning around, and so so he has, you know, he has the three sixty, and so he's going around the whole room, and he just can't believe it. He's just like, wait a minute, what, what, oh, this is yourself? What? 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 Oh, what? <laughs> like, oh, this is cool. Like, I, I want to sit on this pillow. I want to sit on this pillow. It's, it's interesting seeing that reaction uh, for the first time, and then but he, you're he also goes and we put on bullets put on in doom. real life to, to dodge them in the game, and you're like catching people's guns with your hand while they're flying through the air and it I, I say this again George it is better uh, than the original it is better you're gonna come over George come over George I'm let me caress over. your hair put on the headset for you <laughs> maybe Sunday right? and you're gonna have a good time you're gonna have but, a good time so so okay I apologize for segueing but mm-hmm. at Magfest I spent the whole weekend just playing PSVR games and I came away a total believer because of the the a lot of the control methods like that's the case where there's vr with two hand controllers creates such different genres of games with such different means of interaction that it's really hard to have overblown expectations making it only okay by the time you actually experience it for yourself and it was it was the london heist that convinced me and an RE7 that is the killer app. I think I'm going to buy a headset when I can save up money for it and play through RE7 in VR cuz just playing through the demo in VR was was amazing. Sticking your face into cabinets for ammo and slowly peeking around corners for 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 your anticipating of jump scares seemed like a iterative new way to ramp up the classic Resident Evil staples of playing with tension and ammo placement. Whereas if you play it without VR, it's just kind of a regular first person horror shooter. <laughs> and I, I worry about that. I don't want to play the game without VR because I feel like that would be spoiling the experience. That's it what they want you something to think, more man. normal than. Yeah, yeah, they got <laughs> me. Spend that money. They're literally I, digging I, their I, hand I in your debate. pocket right now. You might want to check it. They they might have been doing that while I had the headset on. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> see a thing. <laughs> Let me just swipe this credit card real quick. <laughs> I I I. I think i really scared like the next room when so, the monster so and while jimmy was out. in hawaii we were having like this deep talk about psvr and you, you were saying george that it's pretty because, good because because it has the games the, it has the, good graphics the good graphics you know <laughs> pc um, vr games need better graphics yeah <laughs> well i think you want those the triple a titles you want the triple a titles like re7 that this is gonna this is like the next step and this is like a, a worthy investment they they have a year-long exclusivity contract on psvr for re7's vr mode even though they're making a pc version i don't expect them to have the vr mode out in the pc version for another year so i'm gonna be like fighting really hard against the temptation to buy the like crappy cheap psvr headset because it just <laughs> has like that really good AAA sony sponsored development lineup Yep. 
<laughs> any any controversy, arguments, opinions? I'm in the same boat. I feel like I've really? got a vibe here, and like I can't even play super hot unless I I gotta do that revive stuff and, and get yeah, it all hooked up to the. Oh geez, that's story, a racket. Bro. I just hate that shit. I hate I hate like you invest all that money in it and yeah. then you still gotta hack shit it's like come you have on the more expensive <sighs> premium nice. quality one you should have also been able to buy some convenience with that right <laughs> then it's like playstation like i'm with you like the re- i don't want to play resi 7 with a controller when everyone and their mother is talking about how cool the the playstation uh, vr integration stuff is but then i don't necessarily want to buy another headset so right yeah maybe i don't know maybe maybe internet will solve that problem like a month after it comes out on pc too and just crack it in real good hopefully i mean one of the things i've always been wanting to do with vr ever since i first saw that video of the guy playing a modded half-life 2 with it yes, with motion controls gosh. is play through half-life 2 again with motion controls because i like want my basic run through a tunnel first person shooter with bad guys game to play radically different in a way that still makes sense and and like that video like really got my head going in a way that i don't think was realized now until like three and a half years later when i was playing re7 with uh wacky head aiming motion controls and i was having the time of my life and like word on what any I mean, everything that comes out of Valve is, is speculation. But like whenever I talk to anyone who's got any like modicum of a connection up there, is that like they are working on first party VR apps, and that like some of them might be the first person shooter. Uh, I variety, hate that it's but, speculation. I hate that that the word might and maybe is thrown around so much. Yeah. And I feel like compared yeah. to to what you see coming out of Sony, Valve could have been doing so much more to be supporting yeah. AAA VR games on PC this whole time. And like really, so spending a weekend with the PSVR lineup was was a, an awakening for me because I always thought VR games were going to kind of be experimental gimmicks. I've talked a lot of bu- shit on Batman VR on this podcast <laughs> and then spent a weekend <laughs> playing it and had fun. I was like, this is cool. <laughs> and like when you're watching videos of this stuff, it looks way, way more lame than than when you're when you're jacked in. Actually, <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, uh, looking down at your your utility belt, throwing batarangs around the level <laughs> that that your flick of the wrist just homes them in on on targets with it. I fucking everything on that thing is like I had like an emotional experience with goddamn Google Earth. On, on a, <laughs> like, what is that about? <laughs> It was like you get to like fly around the world. Yet. Oh, it's amazing! You like you visit your old like I used to live in London, and London's like unbelievably well mapped in this thing. And I like go down and like go to my old street, and it's playing like Sims esque music. And I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I remember living here. You know, it was like shit. Uh, <laughs> and then like going somewhere else, and then I don't know. There's something about it. It's and it's just like Google Earth. Like I, I it's it's weird how. Even now, like, you know, whatever, six months after getting one or four months after getting one, that like, even now, like, stuff like that, like, resonates way more. I always wondered, like, would that feeling drift off after, you know, a couple of weeks of having a place or a headset, but it, it kind of doesn't. Yeah, I would I think is, is hope really good. not. I, I found out I'm immune to the motion sickness, which bodes well really for me. And right now, like, my ideal best case scenario is to just flat out replace the monitor with a headset. <laughs> and just use it all the time oh my god that's the future it'll just be a keyboard with like a headset plug-in you just or wireless that'll be the future i mean you have my glasses like, and in your regular first person shooter video game you have some tactical uh, uh advantage to gain from being able to turn your head and move that independent of your shoulders and your feet mm. and 
like that's something that that just seems like a straight objective improvement from from control schemes of earlier totally it changes driving games like i love driving games i love project cars and like when you're playing that in vr it's like so much easier to just have sp- general spatial awareness you know if you ever do find yourself with a psvr play the battlefront x-wing mission oh yeah yeah having a an x-wing cockpit simulated in vr around you is is like a childhood dream come true <laughs> also the thing about psvr that the explosions and the particle effects and the models in that game look really really good they have triple a quality uh efforts put into them and that's that that really makes a difference like it's it's incredibly shallow for for me to come away so impressed just because of good graphics but good graphics (laughs) go a long way towards uh really hammering home the spectacle of it all Mm. uh so speaking of spectacles a lot of stuff happened while we were gone because we were gone for three weeks, which statistically increases the likelihood of a lot of things happening. <laughs> the things of which being spectacles of news events that uh, increasingly become more dramatic as as the weeks go on. Uh, we will be getting into that after a very, very short break. And welcome back. Uh, so I actually thought I fumbled out towards the break last time. That's not true, because speaking of spectacles, a mm. platinum developed spectacle fighter, if that's what you want to call it, <laughs> has uh, been been infamously canceled. Oh, no. We're truly living in the worst timeline, mm-hmm. as, as evidenced by Microsoft's decision to uh, end production for Scalebound. Yeah, yeah, I I really feel bad for the team and everything, but I unless I'm mistaken, I don't think a single person in this podcast currently cared I, much. I, about I cared Scalebound. about it. <laughs> I, oh, you did. I, okay. I, 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 right. cared, I, I wanted to play it. It was like a it was a platinum co-op game, and then right, I watched I the gameplay after... trailer that was running in like ten frames per second, yeah. and I was just like. <laughs> Ooh, Xbox. I don't know if you could render this guy. Oh no. And I was yeah, I, ever since then, I wasn't surprised. When I saw I was like, oh, okay. I kinda I kinda I, felt it. I just assumed that any interest for this game really died off after their uh let's say middling E3 presentation of the gameplay. Yeah, yeah. I I learned that just now because I, I, I have a policy of not watching anything after the reveal trailer, and the reveal trailer for Scalebun was fine. It yeah, like, it was pretty cool. Dante with a dragon. And I was like, oh, okay, that seems like the next step of, of platinum beat em ups. <laughs> and then it gets canceled gonna, a year I'm, and a half later. I'm just gonna clarify. Did you You said don't did you say, say <laughs> Dante? I, I, I did say Dante. <laughs> but so, like I'm no, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt. Dante as in like a, a pun that like it's not Dante, so it's like don't Dante. The the, the character just... that they showed looks more like the Dante of DMC than the Dante of Devil May Cry. Oh, okay. Yeah, alright. So I anyways. I was giving you the benefit of the doubt that that was a joke, and it was a joke. Okay. Yeah, it was a real good one. 
I it wasn't a, a Miyamoto moment. Um, so a year and a half passes, and they cancel it, and I'm really surprised by by a lot of comments that are like, yeah, no, duh, the gameplay looked really bad. They seem to be having a hard time with it. And then I looked at the trailers, and it was like, they're not necessarily the trailers in this case, I guess more the demos, and I was like, It's the demos, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really slow. There's a lot of manual ADS aiming going on in this system, and... Uh, yeah. kind of shoehorned in uh, co-op fights on, on top of a really tanky boss that a guy's shooting at with a bow and arrow, even though he has a dragon shooting fireballs right next to him. I, I distinctly remember watching through, you know, we live streamed at, from the TVG office, the uh, like watching a lot of the press conferences. And I distinctly remember the group of us were like, mildly interested in seeing what Scalebound has to offer because we're like oh we haven't seen anything about this since that launch trailer like see what see what they got and everyone came out of it being like i'm sad that that was boring yeah right like that was like the consensus was it was just boring to watch and it looked boring to play it looks way slower than all of the uh like previous platinum heavy hitters yeah like, and like the the like attitude of it as well, I think nobody really latched onto it. Like the the character, the protagonist, just seemed like such a douche. I don't maybe it, it like was just DMC. Me, it, it was a DMC yeah. guy. Yeah, but Dante. He, he was uh, Dante. Dante and his brother Dante. At least like I don't know. They they sold it well. I I, I wasn't. I felt like this was a little bit like. I don't know, like trying to jump on the back of that, but never really nailed it. Yeah, it, it seemed almost like they were going for sort of that like like fashionable attitude aesthetic that like splatoon channeled so well right but without the channeling it well yeah, part. i couldn't tell it seemed like it was stopping halfway around the part where he's beating up soldiers who just kind of look like standard medieval knights and a grassy field that looks like a standard medieval grassy field the dragon kind of looks like a standard grassy dragon don't is the only one there who's wearing clothes he's the only one who has a sense of style and character about him and the the combat just looks really slow in general yeah Yeah. which is like not to say that's bad inherently because monster hunter is a game that's with a very similar premise and it's slower but it's a lot of fun and this just seemed like especially when they were flying on the dragons it was like a flying up now a turn around Aim the thing. All right, now shoot it. And it's like, no, if you're flying on a dragon, it should be like, <laughs> should be cool. like I, I better hear like, dun, 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 like in my head while it's happening. Like, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, platinum turned platinum turned into a studio there that were like making some, you know, concentrating on like one or two games at a time and like nailing it. Like mm-hmm. I love Vanquish and like Bayonet is dope. Mm-hmm. But then like. They just started doing these, like, I don't know, exclusivity and third-party contracts with, like, the TMNT stuff, and, like, Nier was out, and then they worked on Star Fox and Transform. It just, it, it, they turned into something else, and I feel like, yeah, sure, if you're going to lose one of them, maybe lose Scaleband. Like, nobody was, like, for, you know, people tend to get excited about exclusive games, even if they suck, and, like, nobody seemed to be rallying behind <laughs> this at all. They were yeah. really fighting off more than they chew, but I think there was more hype behind Scalebound than stuff like... Mutants in Manhattan and and even Transformers. <laughs> yeah. Even though Transformers turned out pretty okay, hmm. um, yeah, that was the weird thing. Transformers turned out good, but then didn't they do a Legend of Korra game? Oh please, as well? come on! And that, <laughs> and that turned out bad again. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. I but, tried but to forget it. I beat that game somehow. Scalebound had the, the Hideki Kamiya A-team behind it. It, it had evidently mm. way more of a budget and good graphics put behind it than those <laughs> other two projects. And uh, if I remember right, um, Mutants in Manhattan released two like, fairly middling reviews. Transformers was great. The Mutants in Manhattan wonderful, was kind of a... What about Wonderful 101? <laughs> mm, people love Wonderful 101. <laughs> I think I still have to order it. It's probably going to get more expensive over time. <laughs> Demo was fun. I think uh, in conclusion, um, just sum it up with uh, Scalebound, more like Failbound. Oh. Oh. I feel uh, bad that, 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 that you were just being mean to a video game I wanted to come out and like. It's a yeah. That's a rare thing. A video game that comes out that George is like, I'm excited for that. I would rather I'm it die it and oh. it doesn't like become another game that Platinum failed on because they have been failing. Mm. Yeah. Have any of you guys played Star Fox? Star Fox no. No. Zero. I played it at some events and was never really into it. Yeah, because oh. I haven't really given that one a chance either but yeah i mean really the most recent platinum title. game that i have played is transformers so i'm still like riding off of that high so it's like weird to me to hear all this uh platinum um, um play tmnt and pessimism. legend of Korra, and that would put you back <laughs> in your place no i don't want to <laughs> be in that place yeah okay uh best timeline version of what happens next is <laughs> Kamiya takes his A-team and goes to Nintendo and gets funding for that that beat-em-up fighter Captain Falcon game that everybody has been talking about that has never existed, but we want it to happen, because wouldn't that be fucking cool? Imagine really... a Falcon punch? Oh my god! Yeah, the QCE just, would be just great. like incorporate all the, like the style of his smash moves and then like put like car chasey shit in it like fucking crackdown or something yeah dude transformers has like platinum beat em up style car chases they, yeah they somehow managed to make that work um there were some really hey. kind of ridiculous rumors circulating around that that sound ever so slightly plausible that nintendo was looking into buying up platinum which I don't necessarily know if, if they're, like, doing bad enough to have to be bought up by Nintendo. Um, but yeah. they also did get a really rare and good publishing deal with Nintendo to release Bayonetta 2, which had previously been getting canceled. I don't know. Maybe Nintendo will buy up Scalebound. They'll, they'll redesign it, make it Oof. good, and, and release it on, on their platform for the uh, hearts and minds of loyal consumers who will buy Nintendo consoles because of it. I bought Bayonetta 2... That was the reason I bought a Wii U. It turned into a Smash mm. machine more than a Bayonetta machine, but that strategy works for people who are fans of this company. Mm. I'm I'm guilty as charged. Captain Speaking Falcon of Fighter would be guilty charged. as charged. <laughs> so, well, I don't know. No one's really guilty as charged in this case yet. There's Speaking a, of uh, possibly guilty as charged. <laughs> there, there, there's a lawsuit happening between Frontier Developments and Atari over alleged unpaid royalties over Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, which you might remember Frontier Developments did develop before they weren't allowed to make Roller make. Coaster Tycoons instead. And, and, and they were just like, no, we'll, we'll make one made anyway. A better one. And, yeah. yeah. Um, made a really hard, complicated, but better one. That game's hard. 
Frontier believes that they deserve $3.37 million in royalties from Atari based off of sales figures they got from a website. They, they didn't specify which one. Saying that there was a discrepancy between the uh, reports they were officially given and paid for from Atari versus the ones that had been reported to the public. Mm. Um, they requested an audit of the game sales... Uh, from Atari, which according to them, they were allowed to do underneath their contracts. Atari has been delaying that uh, audit since um, it's either June or July, one of the J months. No, April, since <laughs> April. And uh, just now they are starting a lawsuit over it. So do we think they looked at Steam Spy? <laughs> I really like... hope they didn't look at VG charts. <laughs> Steam Spy would be a much more reliable source than VG charts. If this is if this is because one of them saw a number on VG charts that was fishy and decided to sue over it, then that that's hilarious. I just uh, love the idea that Atari might come out and be like, "No, we gave away like four hundred thousand Steam keys to like ADDQ or something." Like, yeah, don't worry about it. I mean, are like, they entitled like a- to uh, copies sold in bundles and whatnot? I I don't know. I would assume so. Actually, you know, I don't no, know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think anyone would really know, other than these people. I mean, I find in any case of what site that they got their numbers from. I think if the discrepancy is big enough to warrant a little over two million dollars difference in the royalties, mm-hmm. then. I don't know. I I would like to give Frontier the benefit of the doubt that they checked at least two sites and not one. <laughs> um, but yeah, if the like if it was like a a general number that showed generally it's like much higher than what Atari is telling them, then I don't know. You think Atari is stalling to not pay them or stalling until they have enough money to pay them? Well, it's also a really old game. I think it's if not more than 10 years old, about 10 years old at this uh, point. Yeah, it should be around there. And, Maybe 2008. Uh, being able to audit all of the sales that they made of this old legacy game over 10 years is probably a lengthy process. Don't know if it's mm. a process that should take slightly more than half a year, but... Well, it says from the quote right here from uh, David Walsh, Frontier's chief operating officer, that... We have so far been denied our contractual right to audit by Atari. So it's that we're not even sure if there's an audit going on yet because Atari is being like, nah, they've been like, no, we're going to make roller coaster tycoon worlds instead. I mean, like what even is Atari now? Like, I wonder if that's a problem for them because like they've, they've gone out of business and like the version that exists now, the like brand of Atari is like so removed from what that thing was like 10 years ago, probably five years ago. It's Atari in name only, pretty much. Right, so I wonder um, if there's like any do they do they have like some sort of legal firewall then that protects them from from this sort of stuff. I mean, if a company goes you know bankrupt, it's hard. For, like I'm sure there's some sort of thing about contracts in there. If somebody comes hunting for a ten years later and you basically started a different company with the same name, like yeah, I wonder yeah. where they where they sit. The ten year age of this game really makes the story kind of like a little scary to me because mm. I don't know. I, I, I like hope that the stuff I did 10 years ago doesn't come back to haunt me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like I was only half joking when I said, do you think Atari is stalling until they have enough money to like pay up? Because 
they did just put out mobile roller coaster tycoon one and two mm-hmm. which, which is fine could could be a like a decent revenue it's, it's source a totally okay port of roller coaster tycoon right. one and two <clears throat> and i mean uh world just launched like two two-ish months ago and, and only so, idiots will be giving them any money for that right but i mean idiots exist they do they that's do. not to say anybody who buys it is an idiot i'm just saying like people out there whales will buy exist it. unfortunately that's true I mean, do, do you think it's plausible that Atari is like, well, fuck, we can't pay them right now. Uh, just wait till the next <laughs> revenue comes in. Wait till in. that sweet roller coaster tycoon money comes <laughs> rolling in. I don't know. I mean, neither of their recent releases have been super big, but at the same time, shitty cell phone games make money a lot. Is Roller Coaster well, Tycoon Worlds even that popular on mobiles? I have no idea. Isn't no wait wait no not world didn't just come out four just came out or which one just came out I think four turned out to be a uh, kind of rebranded four is version the mobile ones okay four is the mobile one that came out two years ago no no world just came out okay and worlds is on Steam okay because they like they totally like dick moved it and they were like like oh yeah it's the hype new roller coaster game that's coming out that you've been hearing all about roller coaster tycoon worlds then they released it right before planet coaster. Like, like a week before. <laughs> also, the world and the planet in the titles is a yeah. little uh, confusing. The dickest of moves. These are the guys, these are like in league with the guys who made Transmorphers and Snakes on a Train. Like, <laughs> like these are the guys who want your grandma to walk into the store and be like, oh, this is the one that he wanted, right? Like, not and buy the wrong thing because it looks the same. That's a strategy. I. I don't think it's I a ever shitty strategy, it, but it's a strategy. Yeah. Have you guys ever fallen for that strategy? Maybe I'm I was trying to think. Oh, wait, I do remember one time I fell for that strategy. I bought the Game Boy version of James Bond 007 thinking it was a Game Boy version of GoldenEye. Oh, no. Uh, it damn. actually wasn't that bad of a game, though. Like a cute <laughs> little to think Adventure if Zelda clone. I'm trying to think if I've ever been bamboozled by the, the bait and switch. I mean, the Amiga 600 was my first computer, but that was just like bait and switch central, like fucking great Gianna sisters. But like you knew that you knew that that was like a knockoff Mario, or like <laughs> like shadow of the beast instead of altered beast, like just like weird ass. But I mean, that was just the way it came out. Oh, you know what? At some point down the line, my family must have been like swindled by something because I still own three <laughs> Super Nintendo copies of Super Star Wars. Just the first one. Damn. <laughs> that game was hard as shit. It came so fucking hard. Uh, so speaking of Nintendo products. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Uh, we, we, got there. we now have like an official presentation with with information about the nintendo switch which comes out in less than two months yeah oh man they're yeah, really got like pre-orders putting the pedal on the metal for this one i i did uh, not yeah, i, I don't be know. buying at lunch i'm i'm a little iffy on it i'll have to see how it plays when when we do the japan trip first because mm, yeah. i mean ultimately it's it's down to the software library and right now i see zelda and i'm like oh i'll just play it on the wii u mario odyssey looks interesting but i'm not going to pay 300 dollars for a new mario platformer yeah like i haven't seen too much about like i saw the presentations but i didn't watch the entire 
press conference because I was on vacation at the time. But um, like everyone's saying that like Zelda is a big deal because they haven't had a 3D Zelda in six years and like as launch title and like I guess yeah and I am a huge Zelda fan but like I I'm not buying at launch because I kind of want to sit on Breath of the Wild for a little bit before playing it because the whole like well the map's bigger than Skyrim that makes me apprehensive I'll never get over being anxious about that that's not that is an anti-selling point to me at this point (laughs) wow also, like, I, I like the idea of having an inventory screen on the Wii U gamepad. That seems... Yeah. Weird. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be forfeiting I, that with the Switch version. I never buy at launch, but for some reason, I want to buy Switch at launch. There's something really? about... Yeah, this is something about... It, it looks really cool. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Just being able to go to work, you know, go upstairs, you know... Play, play some, you know, play the new, I don't know, Zelda. I actually really yeah. looking towards Zelda for some reason. I'm not really a big Zelda fan. Um, I haven't played fully any of the 3D ones, so I guess that mm. doesn't really, you know, put me in that category. So I only played like the 2D guys, um, back in the days on Super at SNES and all that. But um. I don't know. Uh, it reminds me when it when I saw voice acting, I was like, "Yeah, I want to get this. <laughs> I want to see <laughs> this new thing. I want I want to know if it actually. I want to have an opinion on it. I want to I want to experience what so they have done get, why, getting why out of their want comfort it on the zone. Switch instead of the Wii U. Uh, say again. Why Why do you want it on the Switch instead of the Wii U? Um, mobility. Yeah, mobility. I playing at home. Um, yeah, that's that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I don't have any time. That time is it's time is time is gone. Work and home becomes uh, work too. So at lunch, I can't actually do work. So I can actually play for an hour and then go back to work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I pre-ordered one for the, the like same weird. Well, I don't know, like similar kind of reason where I just haven't bought like a new console in two years. Yeah. And, like mm. I'm going to get one anyway. Like when Splatoon 2 comes out, I'm going to want it. So that's, that is my hard sell day. Splatoon right. 2 looks kind of like Splatoon 1. <laughs> Which is great so because Splatoon 1 was it. fucking awesome. No one knew it was Splatoon 2 until the title came up. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like that's fair, but here's the thing. <laughs> Splatoon Online was pretty fun, right? Yeah, now Taking you have to pay my for Switch. that. Good. I, let me make hold this up, very abundantly clear oh right now. God. No, okay. I think, I think Jimmy's well, we'll about go into to that happen. in a second. Yeah, this is the part where the TOVG podcast becomes the TOVG fucking WWE Smackdown. <laughs> Smackdown fucking, I don't know. I don't know wrestling. Anyway. <laughs> Sp- okay, Splatoon Online, fun, really cool. Lobbies, not as good. But... Taking your Switch to a friend's house and getting a bunch of your friends who all play Splatoon together and sitting in a room playing an eight-player game of Splatoon, like couch gaming with each other, that is my sell. That is enough to make Splatoon 2 a 100% purchase for me. So you just got to buy like $400 worth of extra controllers for all your buddies. (laughs) No, everyone brings their Switch. All, but all the people that I know that play Splatoon are getting a Switch. Oh, yeah? 
So like the idea of having a LAN party where I can play Splatoon in the same room as a bunch of my friends is mm. like very realistic for me. It might not be for everybody, but like like I can see this happening at cons if people are are crazy enough to bring their switches to cons. Um like I don't know. This that's very exciting for me. Local multiplayer is extremely exciting to me. All all I care about with Splatoon is that they kill motion controls and just do give me a controller okay that actually works I mean, and doesn't have the y-axis overly sensitive that you cannot change in the freaking game that's all i care about so i can actually play it properly then i'm, I'm uh, gonna play the hell out of that game you'll be happy to hear that you can play without motion controls thank, thank god i mean you could on the original yeah but, just turn that off okay sure <laughs> sure, sure. The, 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 the sensitivity between the Y and the X, we're, we're, we're not the same, okay? Your camera just goes, whoop, you just you go up all the way up in the air. You know what I'm saying? All right, forget it. it. You know, we're not going to have this screen. argument again. We're not going to, huh? Say again? It had an, no, no, you're, you're sitting, you're not going to have this argument you would lose again. Oh, 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 okay, okay. Right, yeah, okay, just, Jimmy. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm changing targets. Hey, Jimmy. All right. How do you, how do you feel about this uh, paid online service? They're they're All going right, internet, internet imm- internets. <laughs> Yo, you're already you stuttering. You're already stuttering. Tweet you're all complaints. Nervous. Tweet all complaints <laughs> at Super Bunny Hop or no at Bunny Hop Show on Twitter. No, it's at no, Super, are Bunny you Super Bunny Hop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tweet all tweet all complaints about me at George so I don't see them. Paid for online is necessary for consoles based online systems. To make a decent online service that isn't shit, doesn't get hacked and taken down constantly, and is good. Nintendo's online infamously has sucked always. Well, yeah. It's never been good. Like, I am absolutely happy as long to put as down $60 for one year of online playing so that it's not shit. Granted, if it's still shit, okay, fair mm. enough. But yeah, this, like... M- Money allows people to do things so they can pay people to make sure their internet stuff, not shit. I don't really have a problem with them paying for that. Like, you're right. Like, that's, you know, that's the way of things on every other console. The part where they start to lose me is the part where I'm going to be using a fucking app on my phone to talk to people and to, like, matchmake. Like, where did that come from? what? Oh, I didn't see that part. What's that? Oh, Oh, yeah. So so all the voice comm stuff is going through a smartphone app that's going to come out sometime between, like, launch and whenever their online stuff. Because it's going to be free launch, right? Right? Now that you've made your argument, Jimmy, I'm sure you're happy to hear this. And Granted, like, that thing is very stupid. <laughs> like it was bad enough when it was the voice stuff because I feel like yeah. okay, fine. Like most most online you know ecosystems, I can do it at voice chat. But there was a I think it was a Gamespot interview with Reggie that came out yesterday where they also he also said that like matchmaking will be done through that app. Like that, what? I don't I, I don't know where they got like, that idea from. Well, who thinks that's a good idea? Just I don't been know. A very unfortunate slip of the tongue because I can't even imagine. Like, I can't picture you opening up Splatoon on your Nintendo Switch. Splatoon 2, that is. Even though, mm. I mean, just from what it looks like right now. Um, <laughs> and, and pressing a button on your cell phone to make you start looking for a match in the game. For one, this this it's a Nintendo product. It's going to be marketed to kids. Kids don't have smartphones and credit cards to pay for things with. 
Oh, geez, that's going to be yeah, weird. If, yeah. I mean, maybe it's if, just if parties. They, uh, maybe it's not like all match. Maybe, maybe it's just like partying up with like buddies. But yeah, yeah I mean, you, may, you make a good point. Like even, even the family iPad, it's just a weird, uh, you know, add-on. A weird sort of extra thing to have to worry about with a console that already has like 12 moving parts. I, f- I feel like that's yeah. the reason why is that they're really trying hard not to bottleneck the CPU in this thing because it's mm. kind of really underpowered as it is and that's why it's hard for me to get hyped is that the past uh two nintendo consoles with the way they've been going i don't really think i can get hyped for another nintendo console again unless it's like a dedicated vr machine i don't know if i can get hyped for a console at this point in my life wow look at this 180 holy crap now you're all (laughs) oh now i want a vr console now holy crap great Oh, get, get a virtual boy too. Yeah. Oh no. Oh. Except no. now the technology works. <laughs> well, you, you're, now you're, it's you're... not a bad idea. Man, you you really so need like... to play some 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 Vive or uh, Oculus games with the touch or the wands, man. You can't be playing on that via PSVR garbage, man. Come on now. Yeah, get some see, real, you're get with real me. tools. You gotta get some real tools, man. <laughs> uh, so. Okay, yeah, yeah. Overall, my my what I've been hearing is undocked at most games are actually running better than when it's docked. Wait, what? Because the screen, yeah, the dock undocked runs the game at 720p 60 and I was hearing that it's like like smooth stable frame rates on Zelda and everything undocked and then when it docked and goes back to the 1080 60 on the TV uh, starts dropping frames. Zelda runs Granted, at 900p60 the... when it's docked. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, I was reading the news stories this morning to get ready for the podcast right now. Uh, everything else was telling me it's 1080-60. Oh. 1080-60. On the TV. Not like when it is docked, it outputs the TV at 1080-60. From what I've been hearing, I could be completely yeah, wrong. That, that's... That's impressive. I, I wasn't expecting all that, to be honest, because when well, I heard I mean, they were going to handheld, I was like, oh, well, well, there goes Oh, it's actually high. 900p30 when docked. Huh. Digital Foundry did a what? test today. Yeah. Okay, well, that's bad, but I heard that the 720p60 output on the screen itself when taken mobile seems to be stable and working which is, just, I don't know, just, that's kind of cool. Just wait for the Nintendo Switch Pro. That's all I got to say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. The, the Nintendo Switch Foot. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch Pro might actually hit that coveted 720p60, the 2008's best performance right there. Oh, no. I hope, I, so it's 720p30 in handheld mode, 900p30 when docked. Frame rate Wait, drops it's 30 in handheld typically mode? seem to happen when there's depth of field on screen. Lowest recorded frame rate was 20 FPS. And this is uh, Digital Foundry on a video they posted on January 14th. Almost positive that they were boasting 60 frames per second on both. Not that it ran great on the TV, but I, I heard multiple people who got hands-on say that it was... Ten, uh, 60 frames on undocked. Well, thankfully, we won't have to wait all that uh, long. Yeah, Eurogamer was told that Nintendo aims to bring it up to 1080p. Right now, mm. it does not run at that resolution. 
You don't have much time to aim yeah. to bring it. What the hell? <laughs> <For> power. <laughs> yeah, like five it's, weeks. Yeah, That's it's, so this is like already thing been... that really sketches me out is their timeline on making this thing. Yeah. Basically, what it came down to at the end of the presentation for me was there is not enough game content at the launch for me to go through the stress of the pre-orders and Best Buy canceling on me and me having to make a phone call that gets me a $50 gift certificate, but still not getting my Switch. Like, I don't feel like dealing with that just for Zelda. Mm. But I will deal with it when Splatoon 2 comes out. I'm wondering how <laughs> Zelda turned into a Switch title. This is like Twilight Princess all over again. The better version of that game was the GameCube version. Yeah. Well, that's because motion controls. And maybe the better version of, of this Zelda is going to be the Wii U version because you get gamepad. I fucking I, love the gamepad. The gamepad's game pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. It's super what? cute. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to ask Nintendo for a review copy of Breath of the Wild on the Wii U so I don't have to buy the Switch. There you go. Now you, there you go. Now you learned how to not buy a new console for one game. <laughs> Although Mario Odyssey looks interesting. I mean, it's like a real Mario game for once. It's Sonic. I, look, can we just... It's Sonic 06 can, Mario version. Yeah, man. Can, can we just talk about the fact that Mario is canonically a human being in the universe he lives in, <laughs> and yet yes. he's a weird, like mutant, a tiny yes, man? It's so great. It's the best. It was the best so, thing they showed. I like... I, I saw a snippet of that trailer and I was like, oh no, they're Sonic 06ing it. They're making him take place in a universe of humans. And then I saw the full trailer and it's like he's Rick and Mortying through all these weird ass art styles and universes. Like, like, why not call it Super Mario Multiverse? Come on, Nintendo. That's a way better title. Get it together. Oh <laughs> He they, well, there was one interview where I think uh, they were asking somebody at Nintendo about like what happens when you jump on the humans. Like, do you like bounce off <laughs> their hats like, or like fucking squish them or or like or like do you ride them like y like Yoshi or something? Like, and uh, the answer was like the most like beautifully vague. Uh, what happens is what you would expect would happen. Like, <laughs> I love that. Like, there's what? like. The the huge like flagship back of the box level in the new Mario game is basically Mario in like normal ass real life. And just know, like it, it's hilarious. What is it? New Donk City? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> New Donk City. Yeah. <laughs> How like, dumb like, is that? If, that they this came out, New was, Kong City. I, right? His name is a Donk. It's Donk. Donkey Kong. Every, everyone's favorite Nintendo character, Donk. It's like <laughs> if this came out as like a Reddit rumor thread, like no one would have fucking believed this. No, like you're like Mario running around the real ass world, throwing a hat, <laughs> who's like an anthropomorphic hat, which has like a name like Cappy or something, and oh in God. New Donk City, it's like it's like sure, like yeah, do it. Like, it sounds like a it would have been game. as it would have been as believable as saying Mario <laughs> running around in uh, Expand Dong City with uh, Clippy the paperclip from from the old Windows thing helping him out. Yeah. This is like a like, a, a YouTube poop. No, the kids aren't making YouTube poops anymore. This is like like one of those <laughs> Mao Tindo effects overhaul videos, just like waiting to happen. 
There's a really good GTA 4 mod video that was around. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah. And yeah. That was, yeah. Oh, and it's really funny because, like, the first six frames of that video, I, I actually thought it was actually the actual <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Just for the first um, six frames, though, before you see his lanky ass proportions. <laughs> six frames exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess, I don't know, final ish thought about the Switch is. Um, Metroid. 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 Wait, did they announce Metroid. a Metroid? No. Oh. <laughs> oh well, well then what's what's what are you Metroiding about? I'm saying it enough times so that maybe it starts trending somewhere. Okay. Yeah. And Nintendo's like, maybe we should fucking do that already. I don't I don't even want retro to make it at this point. I don't even want like Prime Four Not or Team like Ninja either. I mean <laughs> If Nintendo does that, I will protest. I will, <laughs> yeah. I'll fly somewhere, wherever the fuck I need to go, to hold a sign that says "Stop doing bad things." Um, get on Pro what about Jared's instead of Metroid? <laughs> what about instead of Metroid, you get twelve Fire Emblem games? Well, that's already happening. So, <laughs> can I just have the Metroid? Man, I can't in wait for to Federation Force Switch to come out. <laughs> Such a that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> I can Honestly. just like hear your anger and it's great. <laughs> He's the <not> only <laughs> I'm no, I you don't understand how actually upsetting this is for me. Yeah, it's actually pretty sad what they've done to that franchise. I the I agree. only, only, only thing that is allowing me to cling to hope pro- pa- <clears throat> foolishly foolishly cling to hope. The other is M. that No. No. Is that <laughs> Somebody, I forgot who it was. Uh, I don't think it was GameSpot. It was a different site did a interview with Reggie, uh, and it was in a long list of interviews he did that day. Mm. And they were going. They basically led up a question about Mother Three, and he was like, "Look, I've already been asked about Mother Three today. How about you guys ask me about Metroid?" And then he proceeded <laughs> to like monologue in and saying that like. Nintendo prides themselves on reading and consuming as much user feedback from forums all across the internet as we can. So they don't act on it though. Well, he said he said the most like tease thing in the world. He was like, "We know that there are a lot of fans of these of of IPs that really want to see new installments of these games. So, how about next year check back with me and we'll see what We'll see what's transpired over the course of that time. Maybe that's like by such a then, great way of just getting them not to ask him a question again. Maybe by like, then, yeah, more cedars will will be on the another Metroid <laughs> remake too. Torrent. They should just get that guy who made a two MR to just make the next game in the timeline after Fusion I mean, also is, kick other M off the timeline. It kills me how how like Reggie just like has to put up with so much bullshit from Nintendo of Japan because like he. He communicates with people like he knows yeah. everything wrong with this company. Like, like the interview with Pro Jared was very, very candid and, uh, yeah. and, and, and responsive. But they're just such an insular, like Japanese focused company. And that's like absolutely been killing them for for 10, if yeah. not 15 years. Like that's the reason why apparently they haven't done the Metroid thing, like like throwing their weight behind it, because that game is not popular in Japan. Neither like was a our, North American thing. Neither are good a, online services or like a, a right. tolerance of I fan li- projects. 
I live in a state in the U.S. that is equal to the landmass size of Japan. There are 49 other states. Please, Nintendo, there are people here. We'll buy it. <laughs> but, but What's the population of Japan? I'm going to look that up. I don't know. They don't know that. Maybe the solution to Nintendo's problems is to give Reggie more power. Holy shit. Japan's fucking dense. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's 127 million people live in Japan. Jesus. That's almost half the amount of people that live in the entire U.S. Okay, fair enough, Nintendo, you win this round. (laughs) But the U.S. is still a bigger market. Like, that's how video games have, Japanese video games have managed to succeed so well, is by marketing attractively to American audiences. And, like, at some point in, like, 2004, Nintendo kind of stopped trying as hard for the global market. And I mean, the console market in Japan is nowhere near, you know, what it was five years mm-hmm. ago, even. Oh, yeah. Now it's what? more mobiles. Yeah, well, for sure. Which might be what their direction with the Switch is to begin with. And they're doing trying the mobile apps. Cater, yeah, trying to cater to that, like, mobile-centric uh, community that is, like, Japan's gaming scene. I mean, that's what that Mario Run stuff is for, right? At least yeah. get it get it there so there's not yeah, a whole generation of. of kids who who don't know who and, fucking uh, Mario is. I feel like it just kind of <laughs> speaks to the problem when their actual big mobile breakout hit was made by a San Francisco company. Well, yeah. I don't know. People like Mario Run. It's not nearly as popular as Pokemon Go, though. Well, mm. yeah. I mean, Pokemon Go is also free. So, uh... We good? So any any hot uh, on the switch. Last 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 comments, concerns, arguments to be had. Uh, statements to be made, devils to advocate for. Yo, Mario Kart 8 is coming out. Yeah. Mario Kart 8 came Kart. out two years ago. Yeah, yeah don't Wait. worry about that. Don't even worry about it. Don't even think about Hang it. On. Dude, all right, all right. Yeah. We're doing statements to make, devils to advocate. I think Mario Kart 8 sucks. Whoa! Oh man. I, I kind of wish there what? was more there, but I mean, I it's like no it. double dash, but it's pretty cool. It's that that's my point. It's no double dash. It It is a fine functioning game where you race in a cart as Mario and friends, but it's no double <laughs> but what, dash. But what? But what if? What if you could hold two weapons in it? Then it, I would be a little more interested. You also, can, Splatoon you can characters. do that in the Switch version. Wow, I'm a little more interested. There's not a second person there. See, you're a little more interested. Perfect. Give them three hundred dollars. You can well three hundred and then add the game. Give them like four hundred dollars and then you can play it. <laughs> I I would rather be <laughs> racing a Mario Kart in first person with a VR headset. Oh my god, it's oh never no. gonna happen. Where, where I, I have that. to like too real. sling turtles with the motion controllers at other racers. <laughs> yeah, and then watch as turtle shares, shells god. bear down upon you. It's so seen hard full HD. to imagine any Nintendo franchises in VR except for fucking Metroid. <laughs> I want this Mario Kart one now. And then, like, your your body, your avatar can be one of those, like, new Donk City humans. <laughs> <laughs> who's, like, like twice as big as all the rest of them. Yeah. Donkatite? They're, they're called Donkins. <laughs> Donkazin? <laughs> what the fuck? New Donk City? Like, the more I think about it, the more absurd the world becomes. It's Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, like, the longer you stare at this picture, like, the more confusing it is to look at. Like, it's... The more you think about New Donk City, the less that should just be the title of the podcast this week. New Donk City. (laughs) New Donk City. Um, What if it's like only one of Donkey Kong's cities? He's got like San Donk Cisco. 
for like so so do you remember that uh song that uh bush era 2005 country music hit honky tonk badonka donk <laughs> no i'm proud Wait, this is from this is from the person who didn't know who carl urban or keith urban was keith but you urban. know this because i have google right now and i didn't back then <laughs> i am uh happy to uh welcome trace adkins as our musical guest he will be playing us out tonight after we do some brief outros. Uh, uh, our first celebrity guest, though, the video gaming superstar, Danny O'Dwyer. Who are you? Uh, at Danny O'Dwyer on Twitter. No clip video on YouTube. I make videos, video games like everyone else here. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. This was, uh, this was super good. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It was a lot I, of fun. I'm terrified of cleaning my ears and I regret my Switch purchase. Thank you. <laughs> Remember, Welcome kids, to New Dog City. When you clean your... When you clean your ears with Q-tips, don't just push the wax deeper inside. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be a ear cleaning minigame in 1-2-Switch. I'm really hoping that I can get my video out about uh, playing the Nintendo PlayStation prototype, which was another astounding example oh, yeah. of Nintendo making bad decisions back in the early 90s. Mm. And uh, I, I'm hoping to have that out uh, tomorrow morning. Um, nice. I'm gonna have to awesome. do an all-nighter for it though, because I got to get on a plane and travel to uh, a a a American city um, nice. to uh, participate <laughs> in in the political process just a little bit. Oh, you're gonna celebrate it? Good idea. No, <laughs> I don't want to make people more. Actually, I wouldn't mind making people more mad at me. But anyways, I don't know. You might see me tweet about that. Donkey Maybe not. DC. We'll <laughs> <laughs> That's what the D stands for. Yeah. Washington, Washington Dog City. <laughs> so, so keep an eye on youtube.com slash bunnyhopshow to hear a uh, in-depth look at the Nintendo PlayStation, including an interview with the guys who are showcasing it around at various cons, and some awesome. wacky-ass footage of me in a dirty, smelly, sweaty, crowded room full of people carrying drinks around this priceless historical relic. <laughs> That's uh, That was fun. Uh, uh, Jimmy, um, who are you? I'm Sunder on YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash SunderGamer at SunderCR on Twitter and pretty much everything else. Um, and I actually recorded a video, so that's going up in the next few days. I'm like super busy today and tomorrow, hopefully over the weekend. But it's on Dungeons and Dragons, which is not a video game, but I like it. So I did that. Um, you sound like Matt Visual talking about a pair of George socks. <laughs> I really like them, so I did buy them. I I I like them. <laughs> can't believe you, you, you! I can't believe you used that. I can't believe you used that. He like just turns on the camera and, he, and he's like, yeah. "What do you think about George socks?" And I'm like, uh, "I like them," and then that's what came out. Anyways, yeah. you can find me. At Mad Visual. I'll be serious, Jimmy. I'll be serious this week since we Thanks, have guests. Man. I appreciate that. We have that. guests. I have to act proper. <laughs> we have company. Um, um, you can find me at youtube.com slash Matt Visual and everything Matt Visual Twitter, everything. So, yeah, that's me. Yep. You're the only one who has a name that makes sense. Um, you're the only one who's yes. kept it consistent across your channels. Uh, but yeah, uh, with that being said, we're going to have, um, you already forgot the Trace guest. Adkins, <laughs> uh, uh, playing us out. Um, it's, 
to take it away, Trey is sad. Hi. Bush. <laughs>